everyone! My name is Adela Scotland, and welcome to another episode of Color Your Life. I think I should like record my intro so that I just have like this really nice, excited, happy version of myself saying Color Your Life instead of me every day trying to get this really hyped voice because, as you could just now, that is not working out. Um, anyway, so I hope everyone is having a great week. I know I skipped out on last week's episode, and not like anyone would notice since, like, only, like, five people listened to this thing. But, um, what was I gonna say? Oh, right, yeah, I had tapes. Now, like, me and my overly ambitious self was like, I could study and record an episode at the same time. But reality kicked in and I said, well, I couldn't. I mean, I have one more exam next week, but my brain shut down today. Like, and like, I was like, instead of just like sitting down and staring at the ceiling or looking at YouTube and feeling sorry for myself because my brain stopped working, let me be productive in some other way and record a podcast episode. And I don't know if you could hear my laptop squeeze or whatever, the fan or whatever in the background. I hope not. But every time I remember to bother my laptop, this happens. So I was like, I don't know why I went in my laptop, whoever's doing this. I'll let you explain yourself later. But yeah, um, did I cover all of the bases? Yeah, I said I hope you guys had a great week. I explained why I didn't record an episode last week, and yeah, now I'm here. Um, so, today's topic is essentially gonna be how Europe fucked up the Caribbean. Yeah, I'm so sorry that I used the word fucked, but there is no way in the English dictionary that can describe what Europe did to the Caribbean better than the word fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, well, this episode is actually, you know, different to what I usually do because I usually talk about, you know, people who have done great things and contributed great things to the world and have overcome great um, struggles in order to promote freedom and equality and stuff like that but um it's i no i don't feel i know that this is something that i need to talk about because i mean while i take while i take yes while i place a lot of emphasis on you know of pride and joy when you look back at our history instead of being constantly reminded of slavery like our education system and the rest of the world still likes to do I do think every now and then it's very important to talk about the things that no one else wants to talk about guys like I mean you know I've always been into history so like I thought that I kind of knew how fucked the Caribbean was because of 
um, colonial type places, but, you know, and everything will go go deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole of why the actual hell here? Why the actual hell did you even think that you had the right to take care of my child? So that's what we're going to be exploring in today's episode. And I, I don't even know if I don't have a spoken word piece ready because I usually write these pieces at the beginning of the week and I have to get like a written during the week but I didn't have the time to prepare for that so today we're just gonna be all talking all rambling all ranting and all raving so without further ado let us talk about the Caribbean so the Caribbean region was actually discovered between 30 to 10,000 years ago by the Algerian people. They were nomadic people from Africa and they came to the Caribbean from Venezuela. They sailed up the Orinoco River where they would have made it to Trinidad and from there, you know, they would have sailed up the coast. The Taino people actually, I'm sorry, the Arawaks, the, the Arawaks, this is a language, so the Arawak people, they occupied the greater Antilles, so Jamaica, Haiti, Puerto Rico, Cuba, the Bahamas, Grenada, and the Taino would be the Namibians and the Lenox, you know, they were one of the groups who were called the Arawakan people, Arawak is a language of the Carib, is a languages, and from these languages, we have different dialects that speak this language. I know a lot of Western time would hear the Western that is Arawakan language, but the tribal groupings are actually very much specific to that. Um, the Taino, the Taino and the Arawako and this was a sad fact because uh, the Taino were the primary Arawakan group within the Caribbean and the Kalimado were the Carib group in the Caribbean as well. There were others like the Kibini in Cuba and who were part of people who were also trafficked. Okay, I'm trying not to ramble and ramble and ramble and ramble and ramble. So we'll come into Orinoco since that's all where we need to know for this discussion. So if you want to know more, you guys, you guys can ask me questions. I really want questions. You know, the app that I use to know this believes in answer basis for research. You guys send in messages and send in questions if it needs one to tell me the price, but you know, don't be afraid because I will, you know, so yeah, back to the rabbit hole. So the Arawak people, they lived on the greater Antilles and the Arawak people, primarily the Kalimados, they settled in the Western Antilles. in nature. You know, they were nomadic people, they had a 
recognized for their theatricity, a theatricity is basically where where you will bring down the pandemic. So your reader, your people in leadership position to also really complement it in your leadership histories, in your various backgrounds. I mean, even though they did not have a writer, they were very advanced in terms of they practiced some religious phrases and they had very special expressions and what have you. They had this great history, the days of this person named Damien and this woman, Betty Levin, and how they had turtles in their eyesight and that was the term the first came in. Like, okay, they were so smart. You know, and they were really peaceful, people were really nice, and in fact, they respected women because the priestess priests were priests. They called the priests, the priestess the priests. Actually Matrilineal, the Sutter patriarchal, and that's like what? This is not all that doesn't happen, like at all, right? And then the Cardinal Day, he um, they had this whole Viracha series for his kindergarten. Same thing. Like I know back in the time for the whole Nicaragua Diet when it really was like a good kind of rallying and they required to bend it all to the roaches in the corner. Thank you, Cardinal before you couldn't have it on Viracha Island, you just had to make sure that this is okay, kiddo, don't do it, because other ancestors will respect you, and don't really say fuck, okay, there's the balance, fuck fuck. Um, you know, there's a rumor about the Carib people that they were cannibals, so the truth of the matter is, they were not cannibals, but at the same time, human sacrifice was a very important part of religious rituals, but they were crazy people who just killed people just to eat them, you know, it was, they they were really weird, they killed people for no reason, they were aggressive, and they were real life, but again, I was just so new to it, I was just so cultured, and largely, their oils seeped throughout the time of colonial existence, people are devout to their religion, even atheists are to their beliefs so mm, instead of judging people for their cultures we should learn to understand them from their points of view this is called cultural relativism where we expand our knowledge and understanding how certain rituals can make sense in the context of their culture and their beliefs even if we don't agree with them so yeah Anyways, so here's what happened. Christopher Columbus sailed openly in 1492 to the Caribbean. He went to the Bahamas with all his friends, Salvador. What? To be more specific, I, I don't know what else he named that, but to be more specific, he discovered the island of Guanabahari. Hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> I really do. Like, I want to butcher the pronunciation. Guanabahari, Guanabahari, I think it's Guanabahari, but 
Bwana hai ni baba hamu. Well, the island is no longer named after, that's what it was called by the indigenous people because of how long they've been named it since the Pacific. And um yeah, you know, after that, after Christopher Columbus fucked up in the Caribbean, you know, like after that we were just fucked up. Basically, you know, they came and uh, they loved the fish when they were there as they mainly ate and uh, Haiti and then they came to have some fish when they were there. They loved the fish when they were there. They fed it with Afrikaer and Maluras and Hispaniola and basically they started, well, there were two fish dishes. So the first fish dome was basically called Pimentio system where the Spaniards colonized the native people and forced them to convert to Christianity and in order to live in their own land that they cultivated, that they settled in, thousands of years before Columbus, they had to pay tribute to these people. And basically, you know, Queen Isabella was like, convert to Christianity I guess because Charles paid them yeah and like after that I guess they started going to reform well yeah because he told them sure thank you Queen Isabella thank you very much so um yeah so that happened and then later on when they went into gold mining you know they um implemented the encomienda system which is where an encomiendo created by an Espaniard settled on a terraza at an olive native who inhabited that land had to work for him in the gold mines. And uh, yeah, you know, the guys were like, we're converting the people to Christianity! Bullshit! And yeah, that went on for a while. And then, well, Columbus, you know, he started to kind of mind his own tires there. which mind you, you know, we didn't have as much gold as they thought that we did, but um, well basically what happened to Columbus, uh, got arrested, then he came back to Spain, well he died in prison, and Nicholas de Ovando took over, and he's the one who actually implemented the encomienda system, and then, you know, the missionaries, you know, had to come here and convert the indigenous people to Christianity and in Hispaniola one of the missionaries Montefiero he started this group called the Dominican Trio and the Dominican Trio were missionaries who did not like the encomienda system and I remember talking about Bartholomew de los Santos on my Christopher Columbus episode and those of you who remember would remember me being like, oh my gosh, I love this guy. Well, guys, I don't love this guy anymore. I hate this guy. Because I've been told many things in all my life. I've been told that Bartholomew de los Santos was the hero. In fact, yeah, the natives of the Caribbean actually called him, like, you know, their father. He was the savior of the Indians. They themselves 
Don't bring back any. Okay, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. He was the savior of the animals. He did. So after Monkey, Monkey Hero established the Dino Frontier, established the Dino World that Chris Pickard over, he did advocate for the rights of the indigenous people. He did try to stop the Kenya and the Sistan, but you see, I love the Caribbean education system because they forgot to mention a very important factor. Did any of you forget about me bringing up racial animals again a few minutes from now? What was the final bill of practices solution to the Nkimiyamba system? There is I will I'll buy you ice cream. Yeah. So giving you guys a little sound dust 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 and you guys can you know pause the segment and send in your response by your answer, the app that I use to distribute, or you know, hit me up on Instagram at underscore incremental dog. Woot woot Alright, well the following new bill of the following new bill of practices solution to the Nkimiamba system was don't use the indigenous people in any type of practice space go somewhere else because they killed out all of the Taino because again they live in the Great Boundaries where the planet settled and they were so calm and peaceful and docile and didn't have that much weaponry they were really easy to conquer the following day and well they couldn't, you know, conquer the land full of herbivores, or herbs, basically, because you could spit out of them the whole song and dance all over again. So following your tale of practice said, let's go to Africa! Uh, let's take the people from Africa and bring them to the Caribbean and we can give them a paying labor. Yes, we can use them for your labor. So... You, Christopher Columbus, you, 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 you started the enslavement of the African people. Maybe I was wrong. The following new bill of practice was the despicable, disgusting human being who I continually hope, if there is a hell, he is locked in one of the deepest, darkest parts of hell. Started race in the Caribbean. Instrumental in starting a transatlantic slave trade. So Portugal, they met a thousand percent Taino, you know, gaining ninety percent. Portugal, ninety percent Columbus, five percent, and the following bill of practice another five percent. These are the parties responsible in the creation of the transatlantic slave trade. So yeah, guys. So basically, well, Portugal started the transatlantic slave trade in. 1561, I believe, and you know, their first slave trade in port was at Elmina, which is, I think Elmina is in Nigeria, Puerto Rico, Elmina is off of the West African coast for sure, but I can't remember exactly which part of Africa, but that was the very first slaving port established in 1561 by the Portuguese, and it was basically to take them well, not to Europe to work as slaves, but also to Brazil because that was, you know, the main part of the New World for the Portuguese colonists. So anyways, yeah. So, you know, basically, what happened next was a very delicate situation. So, you know, with Spain and Portugal were the two biggest powers in the exploration of the New World. And they just, they had a little argument and the Pope was like, okay, let me 
we were like three equivalents of a laptop or a house or a castle and we were just crazy so yeah and yeah most of the caribbean was colonized by the british at some point and to this day you know most of the caribbean had um colonial power and some of those powers and still shows okay no world different really sad sad that our sad that our ancestors survived so that we could be here today and i really really hope you know sometimes i just look and i just think and i'm like thank you these are my african ancestors where and like the caribbean empowered ancestors were for surviving so that i can have the opportunity to be here today and this is why it is important guys whatever you know about african history that you share because we need to band together as a people to celebrate imagine for hundreds of years it was classified as cattle as cattle as less than human like literally shit imagine this country what is so damaged and how do my ancestors I have yet like I have a lot of questions that I need to go into in this episode imagine this country what is so damaged it had I say it had because you know I believe at physical like phenotype is and was like eventually acclimated so I do strongly think that when people like Africans and Spanish Africans and personality traits are passed down from generation to generation so we as a caribbean people have inherited some of the psychological effects of caribbean people like taste of it the continent is of course known for taste of it um artishness our costumes all have sociological traits and will back up the points that i'm going to be explaining in today's video to describe how slavery was more than just the exploitation of people it was the deprivation of allowing a culture to exist and that is fucked in 2021 i'm sorry man i know that that could have been something in the 20s and yeah that's what slavery was it was more than just the exploitation of people it was the deprivation of allowing a culture to exist slaves literally fractured and destroyed the african identity and to this day people like us still we wear and taste of it and artishness and enviousness and short jacket and white vest all of it brilliant caribbean stars tattooed them in their birthright register we did it was all mistakes a really long time before we can ever be who africans were before slavery especially caribbean blacks because chattel slavery is unique to our region there's a difference between slavery and chattel slavery chattel slavery is what existed in the caribbean chattel slavery is where you aren't regarded as a person you are regarded as property and object and you and everyone who comes from you is indebted into slavery for um 
and visibility and visibility only means that if you ever have a problem with your visibility so like there are many people who want to tell me you know every people in the world wants aids and all that which is very very true and my health will also go out to those people and i will do episodes addressing those situations you have to acknowledge that what happens in visibility makes absolute good and there are also other ways you can use these restrooms i despise that word and restroom these just sounds like it's a detriment but honestly do not do you love we are not the restroom these we are the charisma if you want any remnant of charisma if you want some any remnant of colonial of us you know being rough here the bad remnant is the force of colonialism says you should not be called the west indies why does christopher columbus set the name of that is not fair that is not nice he named us the west indies we should not be called the west indies because that is not who we are we are not that indians we are a beautiful mix of heterogeneous cultures we are africans we are indians we are chinese we are syrians we are europeans yes because we were allies of European and Oceanians. We are so much more than just Indians. And when we became that somebody, and I think she was under the table when she said that. <laughs> so, and the camera is still there. Slavery! So, yeah, so the British in the 17th century became the major powers. Then enslaved people became armed. Fun fact. So, yeah, next question that I would love you guys to answer is, who do you think did the majority of the seal's work? And by the seal's work, I mean digging the holes to plant the cane, planting the cane, pressing the cane, and then harvesting the cane. Well, because if you thought that men did it, you are wrong. Women did the majority of the seal's trade. And being a seal's trade was the absolute worst traditional means of having a trade with the seal. Because as many of you should know, you know, slave society would basically stratified and there were different groups and different hierarchies amongst the slaves. The worst of which was being a seal trade and the majority of these trades were women. Because as we know, African women were strong, strong, strong. And also the Europeans thought that a woman didn't have the skills or the dark yes. The Europeans thought that African women did not have the delicacy required to be served at bedside or making of the wine or making of the sugar. So women actually, you know, held the brunt of slavery. Now, I'm gonna just touch, yeah, I think I've mentioned all that I think is worth spoke about how icky the slave world was they spoke about how you know women did the majority of the seals trade tasks i don't need to tell you guys about the amount of rape that would have went on and mazes and yeah so i'm gonna put a pin in getting bad uh first issue was that the spaniards how you know they that much in slavery after Columbus. So I'm gonna put a pin in that. These animals did things. So, as John Green said, the French, a, spe a specialized French salon 
modern day thinking, they are false and worse than people who practice it. Like as a slave and chained to their mind, they revolt in spite of any other out of any other colony in the whole entire world. They, okay, three-fourths straight, but they're my sister's birthday, I got one. As I, as you guys know, I talk all of this stuff from memory. But two-thirds of the population of Saint-Domingue were from Africa because the conditions in Saint-Domingue were so grotesque that they didn't live very long. They still survived a year and that was it, you know. So most of the population of Saint-Domingue were directly from Africa, which is, that speaks to how cruel things were in Saint-Domingue. Now, I don't want to go too much in depth because this is going to be a somewhat gruesome episode, but basically, you know, after the Haitian Revolution was very long since then, because, like I said, that's how most of French slavery is going to recover when the Haitian Revolution takes place. But all that you needed to know is that they were so cruel in Saint-Domingue, you legit couldn't live for longer than a year. And most of the people who lived in Saint-Domingue came directly from Africa because that's how many people could fit into a year. When there were about 500,000 slaves in Saint-Domingue, there were 40,000 free colored and 20,000 white. So those were the ratios that they were dealing with. So anyways, you know, this after the Haitian Revolution, you know, France, they were unsuccessful in reclaiming Haiti. Now in 1825, you know, this would have been 21 years after the Haitian Revolution, France, after a lot of finagling, which again, I'm going to hit on the Haitian Revolution episode, finally decided to recognize Haiti as an independent state. But there was a catch. Haiti had to pay France 120 million francs. Now, France defied that. France did that. Haiti will never be able to have a sustainable economy because they drained every single last bit of Haiti's resources. You know, Italians go in Haiti and tell them plant their own food because they don't got soy. Because France eroded fuel their soil. <sighs> Calm down, France. You know, I'm talking about that podcast. And yeah, I was thinking, they have no resources left. Like, you saw that stuff. They have to pay $120 million for their freedom. And entering the 20th century, 100 francs were still owed. And then they were like, you know what, guys? We are going to bring the debt down to 60 million. And, well, France finally, sorry, not France, Haiti finally paid off the $60 million in 1922. I was in my store in Hugo, and it sickens me that up until the flippin' 20th century, France still had Haiti paying it off even after how much they had struggled to have an independent national identity by no fault of their own. That is every fault of France's. And to this day, not one French official would come out and say, Haiti, I'm sorry, but us here in the Caribbean, we have said that. I can't remember who founded that Haitian Republic. Did they do that one? 
come berserk. Yeah. All types of state of safety ending by no fault of the national protective order shall be signed and stamped as official with 60 million dollars from them regarding the removal of ounce of guilt in their so-called wounds have to be the generation that stands up to Riva and says enough is enough. I am going to the man in my life that stands against hate back. KP owes nothing to time. Time owes everything to KP. The only reason my stance was ever successful in from 15th century onwards was to give it to KP because they were the richest colony in the world and they made France billion. Probably even Napoleon of its time. Ooh, I got all excited. Ooh, I'm super lazy. Alright, so that was me talking about crazy. Um, ba -da -bee, ba -ba -bee. So that was crazy. Emancipation. So, Britain, emancipated its slaves, or emancipation act was passed in 
but I'm going to be focusing on science and fiction for this time. They were the absolute most kick-kick assholes in the history of my life. So first, I'm going to start with Gilroy. So basically, uh, basically like here's what happened. You know, the British, they decided that they would take some of them done for stuff. Again, much stuff has already has to be done to go into detail with that, but I'm going to say first they brought in Portuguese workers back in the UK, then they brought in Chinese workers back in the UK either, then they were actually back to actually bringing back African, bringing back more African workers, but thank God at least at this time there were some people with hearts who were British government, and they were like, no, you know, and then they just had like the most craziest time in the history of all time with the Indians and just like absolute terrible, 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 terrible injustice done against fellow Indian brothers and sisters. <sighs> you know, as I know, basically after the immigrants and just like some of them fled, well not even fled, okay, I'm talking about the Kevin crew, then the British would have went there. Kevin, you know, would have been returned to the side of the well, like expatriates, you know, to like Africa and Egypt or whatnot. Now, the British did not want the Africans to get mad, so they jacked up the prices to around like two hundred euros for an ocean, and also made unaffordable prices. But at the same time, you couldn't plot, couldn't do religion. It was really expensive. So they just made life ridiculously hard for the Africans as a free group. were able to pay their money together via treaties and rock climb systems, you know, and they traded islands for each other, unlike the indentured Indians who were given like all 40 to 100 acres of land as the indentured Africans got most and after slavery, and that has prevented several inequalities that we do know on in the islands and stuff to this day. I know they actually say it's very important, I'm not gonna lie, it is very important and a lot of things to know. Um, yeah, and basically, here's what happened, so, the Kevins diversified the economy, Kevin added sugar being the only way in which the Caribbean earned any sort of revenue, they went into sugar planting, banana planting, sweet potato planting, cotton planting, you know, and they really diversified the economy and prevented variation in many crops. Sorry, in monocrops. That's a thing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, during slavery, you know, the Africans weren't allowed to have families, they weren't allowed to get married, they weren't allowed to practice their religion, they basically weren't allowed to own a car. But after slavery in Algeria, Having a few slaves in Indonesia and blah 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 and stuff like that. The African man was never the African man was never taught I was gonna say taught. African man was never taught how to use a car though. And well I don't know about you guys, but I have I wanna say daddy issues. Well that's not such a bad thing. Okay, that's good. I have daddy issues. Can't say in a sense that I'm trying to change your mental chemistry, 
to be more on that reduced fever rate. He's saving on the usage done by his father. You know, well basically because it got reminded him of his dead wife and his father. It never was crystallized into that role on Deadpool. It's exceptionally more difficult for the African man to suffer than a normal family that will ever be some amount of any ability. And that's almost sixty thousand Jamaicans that I know got that chance. Which is a very bad advantage. That's bad of a bad compared to other people's fathers who I've known and interacted with. It's kind of sad hearing that. It's a real struggle to reconstruct the African male identity. And that is why our brothers and our Jamaicans, we have to help them be good people. Because it's never going to be ever seen that same way. It really isn't. Because the kind of inoculation that occurred on the plantation that is also going to be funny that he did that in the study that occurred that's unconceivable inconceivable I should say inconceivable so yeah um what we had last time was the background trying to reconstruct his identity via the post-emancipation period and um every Step we skipped forward, we were putting policies in place to make him sit ten steps backwards. And you know, they forced us to fight in World War One and two worlds, but there were there was one better world. Why did we even bother? Why did we take our people? Instead of just taking them to racism and places such as Egypt that he was told them to offer such dynamics, you know, why? And then yes, with because of his I was getting to the point of the circle that followed these features in the Caribbean. See, Haitians speak a lot of the Atlantici culture. I was afraid of an African family is quite the secret of tumultuous and transitory relationships in their Caribbean elders and Caribbean people. No, you know why? It was because of you. And just because you don't have initial family ties, you're saying that they're they're immoral and that they're promiscuous and disgusting and all of these indecent things. No, they are not. They are broken. Deeply, deeply broken. And it is your fault that you're trying to reconstruct fractured identities. And we as a secretary have to do that kind of So we have to stick our feet and help. That is our responsibility as young people. <coughs> the social pathology thesis in the Caribbean family is currently seen too badly, too strongly. Too heavily interwritten, wrote studies, uh, published studies about our ancestors, about probably our great grandfathers, our grandfathers, our great great grandfathers. So they would have been around during that time. It, yeah, it's literally my grandpa would have been one of the people these people analyzed and wrote this bullshit off of. Your grandpa. Yeah, so so the social pathology thesis is one of the ways in which we are currently stuck behind in the 20th century. Now let's talk about 
way the rawest in the turbulent 30s. Turbulent 30s is a period of time between 1931 and 1979 in which there were several protests that are different from those in the Caribbean too. Quite this unfair sort of death in the Caribbean. So we had Aegean islanders protest the World War One. Right? And, and even more human islanders protest the World War Two, which would have meant that the prices of oil would have been higher. So there was no reason for you to be paying black people a sensible wage. Now that's death. Death they were. And one of the most beautiful moments of the turbulent thirties was the fact that even the racially segregated and who were not Africans and Indians because we were the most oppressed groups in society because of the colonies and the colonizers and they had a different kind of point of view and I must talk more about it in my inventorship episode but the Indians and the Africans who came together and united as one to gain our independence and to have part of a real like properly grow something go down into the dirt guys if you guys don't know what Pueblo Rio is Pueblo Rio helped Einstein do the math for the atomic bomb. So Pablo Rio, who was an Indian from South Trinidad, helped save the world from Germany. That's how it came down. And then we have these great shoes, stockings, all this brilliant stuff. Yes, the East Indies liberated it. I'm gonna talk more about him as I go more in depth into the integration movement and how we became an independent. But um, yes, the Irish Caribbeans were solely responsible for freeing Trinidad and Tobago from the British hands. And I am so grateful to him for having the gall to stand up to Britain and despite the resentment and the uproar driven by other Trinidadians at the time, he didn't see the problem with Britain still being at the head of state and eternally grateful to Dr. Eric Williams for having the guts to take that step, to fully liberate it, to take that gamble, to fight how they hate it. Thank you. And I think I would leave places like Barbados and Jamaica and the DVI who was still under British rule to this day and need a leader like Dr. Eric Williams. They do. They do. And as a people of Alexander Bustamante from Jamaica, Mary Minor from Jamaica, uh, John Kate Adams from Barbados, all of these people who have taken steps to borrow those nations for independence, but unfortunately that is savaged as a republic like what the Caribbeans did for us. You know, we can't really thank these people because guys, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what went down, right guys? So the riots such as the water riots in Trinidad of the 1930s, Britain basically turned down the Nottingham Treaties. And these people called the Moyne Commission to write about the conditions. But of course, World War II started in 1939, and they were basically like, okay, guys, the Caribbean Ocean started up north, so put a pin in this, let's fight the war, yeah! And then after, they're like, quick, can we get some naval space? And they tell you, like, just fight for space. Like, disappointed to tell themselves that we could still be in charge so we could get the moolah so we could re-stimulate our economy because yeah they got the oil we didn't get the oil but Trinidad got the oil Trinidad got the oil Trinidad got the oil 
strong dismissive ever get rid after the war back down to earth. Shit, that is the sole reason why we were allowed to form the West Indies Federation in the 1920s. The Federation was the state statutory internal self-government. The only reason why Britain allowed this to happen was because they were broke from the war. Broke from the war. Broke from the war.
Yeah, and Jerry, I like you for letting me color 